Welcome to the Men on Purpose podcast, featuring dynamic conversations with emerging and established visionary men on purpose. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the men on purpose who are committed, creative, courageous change makers, living their best, most fulfilling life possible. Now, here's the host of Men on Purpose, Ian Lobos. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Men on Purpose podcast. Today, we have a very exciting episode with a great friend of mine, Peter Lorimer. He's a top real estate broker out in Los Angeles, and Peter is just an exciting switched on dude. And one of the things I love about Peter is that he just constantly checks in with himself to make sure that he's the best version of him for himself and everybody around him, his businesses, and, and, and literally anybody in his orbit. So here's the saying that's going to be prevalent throughout the episode today. Your business grows to the extent that you do. Let me say that again. Your business grows to the extent that you do. So Peter is a, just an amazing dude. He's a former record producer working with people like Pink and Christina Aguilera. He was an absolute top broker in 2005 at Keller Williams in all of Los Angeles. And he's continued to just build and grow. And his companies are dominating the markets. But the best thing about Peter is that Peter knows himself. He's got his ego in check. And he's just an amazing human being. And that's why I wanted to have him on. So you're going to learn so much today. You've got to get your journals out. And we're going to further the commitment that we have to you, our mission here, which is to constantly elevate, educate, empower, enrich, and evolve this podcast and subsequently the information that we bring you so that you can take anything and everything you need right where you are in life and level up, whether that's just one level up or 20 levels up. My commitment is just to bring you the best information so you can make that decision. And you are going to get it today. I make that commitment and that promise to you. So I hope you enjoy this episode. This is Peter Lorimer. Thanks for listening to the Mental Purpose Podcast. Here we go. All right, Peter Lorimer. Here we are, my friend. It's our second round, buddy. Yes, it is. It's good to be back, Ian. Nice to see you, mate. Yeah, nice to see you. And, you know, the last time we were, we were talking real estate in depth and this time we're going to talk real estate in depth but we're also going to dig more into who you are who you've become the man you started out as and how you've evolved into who you are sitting right here today in the the matching dark blue room <laughs> you should have all your podcast guests paint the room behind them it makes it all fluid this is a new room, so the, the people that are watching on YouTube, they're going to see, like, my walls are, are empty right now. My, my, literally, my four-year-old daughter and I finished painting this room because we just said the contractors were just weren't, <laughs> they weren't cutting it. We started painting this room, and just, it's a cool little cave, you know? I just, no windows in here. That's the only problem. So, um, uh. let, let, let's, take, let's take the audience back. I mean, you, you have had, dare I say, an illustrious career. I mean, it's like, you read your bio, it's pretty... It's pretty, pretty awesome, man. Would you agree? I guess, you know, it's, it's really, it, it's funny. I remember when I first started doing podcasts and I would hear the, the, the podcast host say, this is Peter Lorimer and he's done X, 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 X. And I'd be like, oh, wow, shit. I, I guess I, that was me. I suppose I really have done quite a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. You have. Starting you have. As, as, uh, I mean, as a young man into... I don't want to say middle age, but maybe middle age. And uh, I, I, 
you know, it's interesting. I, I still feel kind of the same as I did when I was 19, 18, 17. Interesting. You know, I, I still have that same view of the world. It's just the older you get, you get more, you, you have more to lose. Sure. But we can, we can, we can jump on that in, in the podcast. Well, let's, 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 so go, go back to, don't, don't forget about that. I, I'm going to write that down. Don't forget about, let's go there, but let's, let's go all, all the right, way back and, and give the, the listeners who have never, obviously I just did an intro for you. So they just listen to who you are and the highlight reel, but where did it begin, man? And how did you become the man you are today? I always get terribly uncomfortable when people say that. I'm like, because I'm always a guy that just, I just like to, you know, kind of hustle and stay, keep my head no. down and, you let, know. Let, but, me, but. let me give you some gratitude for a second. I follow you on Instagram. I, I don't know you know you, but we've talked a lot and we've texted a lot. You're a very authentic, real dude. And, and I celebrate that because that can be hard to do in today's world where people think that you're full of shit or you're doing it for the camera. Uh, from what I know, talking to you personally and what I see on Instagram, it matches. And I, I just, I love that authenticity. So I want the audience to know that when you go look Peter up on Instagram, you see some wild stuff. That's really him. That's really you, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> here is the thing. I, 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 I don't think I could do it the other way, right? Yeah, I don't think yeah. I could have a persona. I think it would just be so difficult, right? And, and, and I will say to, to, the, to the people out there that are maybe business owners, young entrepreneurs, old entrepreneurs, right? That, that we all have these same instincts. It's just whether or not we act upon them. And around 2015, I knew that, you know, from in my gig at that time, I'd left the music business and I was in real estate and I'm like, okay, I own a company. What's the differentiator? The differentiator was video. And so I, I launched into video and I freaking hated it. I mean, no, I didn't hate it. I mean, I felt insecure. I felt I'm, I'm too old. I'm yeah. too fat. I, I've got this ridiculous accent, you know, <laughs> but um, I, I kind of, I kind of fought through it. And, uh, you know, it turned out to be my, 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 my greatest, my greatest win. And, 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 and that, Ian, that little voice, that voice, that, and it's the quietest voice I have in my head. That is the voice I always trust. Uh, I, and I haven't always trusted it sometimes, but whenever I have trusted it, it has always led me to the right place. I love that. I love that. Go back for me now. <laughs> Go okay. back for the audience. All right. so, you, you haven't always been that confident guy. And yes, it's awesome to know that, even with your success and your confidence that you show today, there's still that voice inside of you, like that voice inside of all of us who says, I don't feel right. I, I don't look good. I, this is weird. This is awkward. Am I, people are going to make fun of me. It's nice to know that you, you have yeah. that too, you know? And I think people. Oh, I, every day. Yeah, me too. Everybody does. Every single day, every single day. So let me take you back then. Let's go back. We're going to jump back. in the time machine and go back. So I came from uh, the kind of cold industrial north of England. Uh, there's a movie called Billy Elliot that kind of, that's where I'm from, the cobbled streets, the mines, all, all of that stuff, working class folk. And I, I, I may, I'm very proud of my city, but 
I was one of those guys where I just wanted to escape. Escapism is something that's definitely in my story. And as my mates were either getting into sports, drugs, or prison, when when I was a a youngster, I really got into music, right? I escaped into music. Um, I was given uh, the, and I escaped into into classical music. And I was actually uh, the youngest student at the Royal College of Music. I was given a studentship, wow. a scholarship, a free scholarship at 13. Wow. And uh, I then toured with orchestras, but I was tall. I was always tall. And in England, if you're, if you're 18, which is the drinking age, uh, if you look 18, back then you got in. And so I was touring with musicians that were much older than me. And, and I remember being in a club. I was like 14 and I heard, ooch, 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 ooch. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and it was Chicago House. And I'm like, screw the trombone. I'm going to go do that. And it was like a burning bush moment. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I was determined to become a house music producer. And you were and I was 14. So wow. I, hung, I got really into electronic music some more. And then at 15, I dropped out of high school and kissed my parents goodbye and said, right, I'm moving to London. And uh-huh. my, mom, my mom said, um, well, technically, that you can't do that. You know, we're still your parents and guardians. And I'm like, I'll be fine, mom. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So I literally got on the Greyhound with trombone under one arm, backpack under the other, off to London to go visit. Uh, I didn't know anyone. I knew one person kind of vaguely. And I got there and I'm like, I'm here. Oh, shit. What now? <laughs> and I uh, had had a Saturday job from being about 12 years old selling men's clothes where I used to earn, you know, like 20 bucks a, a Saturday. And uh, so I'm like, well, I know how to sell men's clothes. So I literally, with my trombone and my backpack, I walked up and down Oxford Street going in asking for jobs and and i managed to get a job um at, in, on oxford circus which is right in the middle of, of london and then through happenstance i made friends with a guy who introduced me to clubland before i knew it i was deeply immersed in clubland the, the electronic music scene which is what i wanted and uh i happened to be in a club which was london's equivalent of studio 54 and a oh, guy nice. doing the lights turned around he turned around and he said yeah, Peter, you, you, you do music, right? You know how to play piano? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you know how to do computers, right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, great, you're in the band. And <laughs> that, that band had, uh, a, it was gr- a groundbreaking electronic band. And that then spawned my, my music business. I preferred being a producer than being in a band. So I worked with everybody from going as far back as like David Bowie. Uh, and then I did In Excess, uh, George Michael, all the way through to Seal, Christine Aguilera. And uh, I had roughly 50 number ones in the Billboard, uh, 50 number ones in the Billboard and Music Week club charts, wow. at which time I retired and, and got into, into real estate. Sorry, so go back. How old, when, when is this, by the way? Because I, I want to paint the scene for people and give them context. This isn't, this isn't 2005 electronic music EDM scene. This is the 90s? The 80s. birth of it. The 80s. 80s. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I moved to London in 87. 87, 88. Wait, I, I gotta and, know this. And, uh, 
you have kids. How, yes. How, and I have kids. Would you ever let your kid get on a Greyhound bus and go to a big city and just, I mean, what the hell were you, no. what were your parents thinking? I mean, it's great, right? It's awesome. But how, well, how did you I, I had a bit that? of a tumultuous relationship. I had a bit of a tumultuous relationship with my parents anyway, and I'd actually already moved out. Got it. So I was already moved out at 15. Wow. Yeah. So wow. it was like, I'm on my own. Shit, the world's my oyster. Let's go. Right. Not many kids have that, though, man. Not many kids. But you knew. So what was driving you? Was it the, was it the, the desire and the need to do this? Or was it the escape from that, from where you'd come from, from the, just what you didn't want? What was driving you then? Do you know, I think it may have been a little bit of both. And nobody's actually yeah. asked me that question. And I think it was probably both. Yeah. I mean, I had a love affair with electronic music that lasted 15, 16, 17 years. Um, and it nearly killed me. I mean, I used to, I, it was sex, drugs and rock and roll for, for those 17 years. And, and the reason I got out is because I knew, I knew that MP3s were coming. I knew it a couple of years in advance. Right. And, uh, and I knew that I was probably going to die. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to do something else. And, and real estate was on my radar uh, because my parents had always said, always buy a house as soon as you can. And, um, and uh, I kind of fell into it by, by happenstance. And I seemed to have a knack at it, a knack for it again. And, and it was that little quiet voice Ian that I referred to earlier, it was that little quiet voice that said, yeah, go for it, man. This is going to be great. And then all the, all the debating society yeah. scream, Oh, what a terrible idea. What a terrible idea. You suck. So uh, stay, stay on that for a that second. Voice. Especially yeah. for the people listening. Like I always tell the audience, there's one person that was meant to hear this today. I mean, tens of thousands of people will listen to these shows and I, I always say there's, you're the one person, just listen up because if you got that tingle inside of you, like you're the one person meant to hear it. What helped you break through that voice? Like, obviously we've already established, we all have that voice, that voice that says, you're not going to do this, man. Come on. Are you a nuts? You're out of your freaking mind. You know, you don't have the talent. You don't have the skill. You don't have the balls. What, how do you get, how did you get through that? I mean, just talk about like the late, like the, the latest one, which is, which is getting into real estate, moving from the music business, especially being that successful into a, into a business that you didn't know that much about real estate. I mean, you knew about real estate, but not luxury sales and transactions and marketing and promotion, like, you know, and branding. What gives you the confidence nothing, that you can nothing. do it? Is it the, is it the, the lack of fear that you, you won't oh, I have that plenty of fear. I have plenty of fear, right? I got fear. I got a dark raven sitting on this shoulder that whispers into my ear, you suck. You're going right. to fail. Nobody cares. Why do you think anybody gives a shit? And then right. I got the other dark raven that's like, you're just going to, this is congratulations and welcome to the beginning of the end of your life. You <laughs> are a failure. Two like, ravens. That's daily. Dude. That's daily. I like, I but, like, sorry, go, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. We have a little well, bit of a delay. Am I delayed to you? No. 
Okay, you're a little bit delayed to me. Sorry, no problem. That's, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm very curious that there's, there's so many people out there that I tell people when I first got started, when I left my dad's shipping business and I, I was teaching swimming lessons for 10 bucks an hour. And I said to my wife, like I brought home a, an application for a grocery store to stock bananas. And I'd been very successful in my dad's business in the shipping business, selling shipping all over the world, trans, you know, customs brokers and freight forwarding and trucking. And my wife looks at me and she's like, what? And I said, yeah, we're, uh, I, I think this is, I think this is a good move. I think it's a good move. And she said, I didn't sign up for that. And I said, well, what would you sign up for? And she said, I, I didn't, I didn't marry a loser. And I said, well, I mean, wow. She, and she said, and I don't mean the job. I mean, a guy that quits that lets fear conquer him. And, you know, I always had my dad, I always could play off my dad's confidence when I lacked it and I, without him, it was all on me, but I actually, I was able to play off my wife's confidence and use her confidence when I lacked it. Did you have anything like that? Were you able to, did you have people in your life, maybe your wife or like somebody that you had as a mentor when you were younger, when you went to London, did you ever have anything like that where you got to get a, get a, you know, like a little shot in the arm from them or a boost? Plenty, but there is one fundamental reason why I think I have this kind of like, screw it, let's do it mentality. Uh, my father, God rest his soul. Um, and, and I'm not banging on him for this because he was, he was born in 1930. So he grew up in England when England was just sure. ruined by the war. Sure. Um, and he was a timid guy. My dad was a timid guy. He always wore, you know, the, the, the most inexpensive clothes. He was always scared that he wouldn't have money for his retirement. He always played it safe in every single thing he did. And I, and I loved him and, and, you know, we had our troubles, but I managed to, to you know, mend fences before he died. And, and, and I think because I saw him not going for it in anything, and I, and I certainly don't wish to speak ill of him. I remember we had a conversation when I discovered I wanted to be a professional musician, before I discovered house music, I said to my dad, I was probably like 11, and I said, I wanna be a professional musician. And my father was a very proficient jazz sax player, but a teacher at a college during the day. And, and my dad looks at me, and in, in, in hindsight, it was great advice. He said, look, why don't you just get great, get your grades, get really good grades, and then get a good job and play in bands on a night like me. And I looked at him without missing a beat, and I said, I'm going to be professional because I know that if I don't give it everything I've got, I'm going to regret not going for it for the rest of my life. Yeah. What did he say to that? And he was kind of gobsmacked. He was gobsmacked. And he was just like, well, you know, he's very, and he said to me, it's a very saturated market. It's a very saturated field. And then I, and I, I didn't really know what that meant, but it, as I got older, I'm like, everything's saturated. Being a, a house music producer was saturated. Being a real right. estate agent saturated. Sure. You know, everything. And I remember, um, seeing as this is, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll recall some deep shit for you because I don't normally get this deep. When I was in London and I was, I, I managed to get a job at a studio as a, as a, as a T-boy, we call them a runner, right? And, and I was 
get, I got the opportunity to do my first remix, which was Mama Gave Birth to the Soul Children by Dolla Soul and Queen of Tipa, which I think I have on my wall. I have my wall in the other room. That's way back, uh, man. That's way back. <laughs> that's way back. That's yeah. where, that was the first, first recording Queen Latifah did, and she did it with Dolla Soul. Yeah. It's ironic that I just, I literally just saw that the other day. Did you really? Yes. Um, and and I, I, I took all of my wages because I needed a sampler. This is when samplers came out. I took all of my wages, every penny I owned, walked in the music store and bought a keyboard that was a sampler. And I knew in my very bones, I knew that failure was not going to happen. This is before I'd had any, any hits. I just knew it was a question of time before I started knocking out the hits. And this was not bravado. This was more Napoleon Hill. This was burning my boat at the shore with undeniable self-belief. Did you read Napoleon Hill? Is that where you got this from? Or did you no. learn this afterward? I, I, I discovered Napoleon Hill when I got into real estate. But how the hell do you know that? I mean, who teaches you that? Your model of a, of a, of a successful person, so to speak, is your dad who's like, don't ripple the water, son. Just ride right. this thing right onto the grave, buddy. You know, live a nice, easy life. How do you know that? Like, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Genuinely curious. How the hell do you have that mindset of burn the boats? Well, because I thought, I mean, even back then, I'm like, by this time, I was probably 18. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, I'm 18. If I blow all my money on a sampler and it doesn't work out, I'm cool. All I've lost is a sampler. I haven't lost my wife and kids and a house and... So I'm like, shit, right. I can go, I can drive a taxi. I don't give a shit. And, and, and then when I got out of the music business, I retired with a number one in 12 countries, right? It was number one in 12 countries in the dance charts. And, and I was at, I'm like, I'm out, guys, I'm out. Because I knew MP3s were going to crush the music industry. And, uh, and then the I record, shuffled into the, the back yeah the, what do you mean the record industry like they were going to crush cds and yeah they were going to crush recordings right so i knew that that getting because i got paid well in the music business because i was in it at a point where technology hadn't kind of decimated it right and then and then i got out i got sober i've been sober 19 years and I'm like, shit, what now? And I remember going to look at being, becoming a nurse. I had no qualifications. I, all I've got, the only qualification I got is my driving license. Right, right. That's it. And number one hits. And, and number one hits, which you don't need to, you know, go to college for. But, but yeah, the, the only ever thing I passed was my driving test. Wow. Um, and then I was looking around for jobs and this and that. And then, uh, and then I, 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 from this hit that I had, I had a, a reasonable payday. It wasn't life-changing, but it was enough. And it was enough to, for me to put a deposit down on a little house. And I put a deposit down on my first house in an area where everybody said, no, 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 no. And I knew in my gut they were wrong and it was a great area and it would blossom. Yeah. Because it was 10 minutes from Sunset Strip. Oh, this is already in, this is and in LA. This is in LA. Got it. Uh, which I came here in 93. Okay. And, and I bought that house in this area called North Hollywood, which was kind of crunchy back then. 
And I'm like, just sit and wait, dude. Sit and wait. Sit and wait. It, this shit's going to blow up. Flipping properties. I figured out how to turn a profit. That musicality of understanding music, believe it or not, worked in real estate. And I could walk into a house and I could feel whether or not the song was good huh. or if it was bad. And I was like, yeah, this has got a good, a good hook line, just like a song. Yeah. It's got a good hook. It's in a good street, good block. I could see where it needs to get to. Yeah, I'll buy it. I love that. And that was that little voice again. That was that little voice. The Ravens or the good uh, one, Burn the Boats? The good one, the Burn the Boats. The good one, uh, uh, do you remember Casper the Friendly Ghost? Of course. I just watched it last night with my daughter. Okay, so that, that voice is like that, and it lives inside me, and it goes, go for it, Peter. <laughs> and then the ravens go, no, you're going to suck. Oh, you're going to fail. Oh. Right? This is every day. Every day. Every day. But, but like with all bullies, Ian, because the ravens are bullies. Sure. With all bullies, if you stand up to them, they go away. It's very true. But they just every come storm back the next will end. Every, storm's, every storm will end. Every storm absolutely 100% will end. Right. It's interesting. So um, it, I, I love how you associated music with, with flipping houses and really understanding the, the vibe and the hook line. Like, how did you? Let me ask you something real quick. Let's go deep first. I, I, really, I really appreciate you, you, your, your depth here. And I know the audience will. When you said, um, you know, I just bought this little tiny house in North Hollywood. Obviously, today in 2020, we know that North Hollywood, Hollywood, West Hollywood, th these are, I mean, these are very expensive areas, uh, relatively speaking to the, uh, to the world. And right. um, not, I don't even know if that makes sense. They are one of them. This, that is, this, this is one of the most expensive places in the world. If you think about it, real estate wise, LA. Right, right. How did you know? You know, I, 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 I flipped a lot of houses and I've had people say to me, dude, it, you know, in Baltimore, everything changed by the block. You could be on this block and be 350 and this block and be 60,000. It's nuts. How did you know enough to trust yourself that, that the Ravens inside weren't overtaking you and saying, Peter, seriously, this is a bad idea. Like, how do you know not to follow that as a gut instinct versus uh, just a negative um, you know, aura and energy. How did you know not to follow those voices? This, now we're going to get into the real deep shit. The thing Please. that propels me is, uh, I guess I've always had this kind of, well, what's the worst that could happen kind of attitude, right? What's the worst that could happen? I don't make a profit on a house I flip. So what? Am I going to, am I going to die? No. Is it going to ruin me? No. Is it going to bum me out for a day? Sure. Yeah. Uh, am I going to come back even stronger? Yeah. Am I going to learn a valuable lesson that may cost me 50 grand? Sure. So there's no downside, only upside. There's only upside even in defeat. Sure. And that is something I, I, I never take failure personally, ever. Like I, I own a brokerage. If agents, they come and go. Not very often in my place. It's kind of strange how long they stay. But <laughs> occasionally someone will leave. And I look at them 
with nothing but empathy for them. And I try and give them the best possible advice I can possibly give them if they were to leave me. Because I, my thing is, when you give people unconditional love, regardless of gain or expectations, one's life is just free of any kind of encumbrances of regret or, or, or you know, wishing you'd said something differently. And you just have this clean path of loveliness. And I trust where it takes me, dude. I trust where it takes me. That is really deep. I cannot repeat what you just said. I was just, I was listening and hanging on every word. All I know is I will be going back through this recording tonight and, and just like the audience needs to hit, hit 15 seconds, 30 seconds back real quick. What Peter just said was, was profound really. And I'm not, not kissing your ass. That, that was really awesome, man. Really awesome. And, um, and I'm going to put that up in my, it's office. a, it, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because they're like, wow, what a nice guy. What an awesome dude. Well, yeah. I actually know I'm, I'm almost doing it for selfish reasons because I want to have this clear, clean path that I trust. So it just, my part in it is treat everyone I meet with respect and love, regardless of gain or expectation. Let the Beautiful. universe figure out what works. Yeah, that dude, but that's, that's so pure right there. Like what you're saying is so clear. It's so authentic. It goes back to my original statement about you earlier. You are just a dialed in authentic dude. And yeah, we all have a, a little bit that we'll push in front of a camera or we'll say just to get a little bit of a little, you know, tweak here on Instagram, but that's, that's not the majority. It's not at all. And, and it's interesting because what you're saying is your commitment is to, you come on board, I'll give you everything I've got. And if you decide to leave, I'm clear that I gave you everything I got and I honored my commitment. And if you decide you're going to leave, but I love you. Thank you for being here. And one of the commitments I've made to my teams in the past that I've built is when you decide to leave, because we're not going to be partners forever. When you decide to leave, whether it's a week or 20 years, I, I, my commitment to you is that you will be better because you were with me. You'll be better because I led you and because you got advice from me. We'll be better together. So if you ever decide to leave, when that day comes, I, my commitment is that you'll be better than the day you started. That's it. And you honor that. You don't worry about the bullshit or the ego or the emotions or what happened here or the story or the meaning. Dude, you got, I mean, it's, that's so clear. That's so clear. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, and the thing is when, and it's hard, right? It took me a while to, to, cause when I was a new agent, I remember being like, shit, why did that guy get that listing? God, I hope he chokes. I, I hope the house never sells. <laughs> You know, we've all been there, but then <laughs> I was, uh, then it was like, well, hang on a second. And this was my lovely wife that, 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 that taught me this. She said, my, my wife, Cindy is a massive part of, of, of who I am and, and, and who we are as real estate people. Cindy was a Vietnamese boat person. She escaped the war and she's a Buddhist and she's tough. She's tough, dude, but she's tough, but a beautiful, fair, beautiful soul. And she kind of taught me, which was if someone else got the listing, they were meant to get the listing that day. Totally. There's a reason that they, that they got it. And you should hope that they sell it and nail it and get the sellers as much money as possible and hope that they get beautiful buyers. 
I was like, ah, that's really hard. But it, it, I kept on practicing that kind of belief structure. It became second nature. And now I call it my spiritual golf swing. When I, th- when I get that squirt of, fuck him. You know, I get, we all get it. I get that squirt <laughs> yeah. of, fuck that guy. I, I go into, well, hang on. Whoop. There's an alert system. Our bodies have an alert system, right? Which is when, when bad shit's happening, chemicals are released and we get angry or agitated or irritated. Those to me are Danger Will Robinson. When I feel any one of those emotions, I go into third person and I'm like, whoop, hang on, we've got an alarm going off. Why is the alarm going off? Is it self self righteous indignation most likely let me check mm. with the, with the central office yeah. uh, is it self-righteous indignation is it self right <laughs> yeah it's, it appears to be self-righteous indignation so i'm like okay so it's not fuck that guy i'm actually saying fuck that guy because i'm in fear of him taking something from me or someone from me whereas what i should be doing is putting out into the universe i hope that dude gets everything he wants or she wants and may they blossom and prosper and be beautiful. And our paths may never meet. I just wish them love and success. And when I do that, guess what? My, my little, the crows that have been yep. manufacturing yep. resentments. Yeah, you need to resent that guy. They've been, <laughs> they've been manufacturing them. The central office grabs a resentment, <laughs> spits it out. It's gone. It's right away. Dude. And it's the spiritual golf swing. That uh, I, I think the I, I, audience, when you're, you're listening to this, you need to pause this thing for a second. Take that <laughs> out. Like, Peter, that was deep, man. That was so good. God, was that good. I'm like, I'm like watching you. I'm like, he better kick that mic over when he's done. He better drop the shit out of that microphone. <laughs> man. <laughs> Dude, that, that was... But- that was so, it's, that's such great advice. I'm telling you, I, I told, I tell real estate agents all the time because I, I have a lot of, I have a big coaching business and, and, and a, a good, good amount of, of my coaching clients are real estate agents. And I say to them all the time, you, you are, you are your biggest enemy. You are going to, your business is going to grow when you grow. And if you keep repeating the same behaviors and being pissed off as that, if that, at that guy who got the listing or you know, the buyers who didn't want to use you and you know them and that's offensive to you. It's because of you. It's because of something you did or didn't do. Just own that shit and let it flow. Own like, it. Own it and let it flow. Own it. Like, for example, if someone beats you on a listing and that you, you met those sellers as well, email the sellers and say, hey, um, I just wanted to wish you all the best for a great yeah. sale. You know, John is a great agent. I'm sure you're going to do great. I'm not sending you this to kind of slime in the back. I genuinely am detaching from this and I wish you the very best with love and blessings. Yep. And, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to drop another couple of things for you if, if you'll permit me. Please. Here. So if, you're in, if you are a, 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 an entrepreneur in business or not even an entrepreneur, you just, we're all business people, even if we work for a company or not. There, is a, there are two filters that I pass everything through, right? There is a filter of fear and ego and the filter of faith or self-belief. Yeah. And I'm, whenever I got a decision in front of me and I'm like, I'm wrestling with a decision, I bust out the fear and ego filter and I pass it through it. I'm like, am I getting tore up inside because I'm in fear or because it's affecting my ego? Because if it is, I must 
smash that shit right now. Yeah. And then I take, I take the same idea and I pass it through the filter of, am I trusting myself? Am I making this decision? Because I believe it is for the greater good. Yes, I am. I make that decision. Never from fear and ego. Ever, 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 so ever. You've got to trust yourself. You've got to, you really have to have that faith in yourself that you're making the right decisions. And then the responsibility and slash accountability to pass your decisions and choices through that filter. We all know and when then we I'm make give stupid you choices. Right. And I'm going to give you guys, like, it's great talking about this. Well, that's great, Pete, but how do you do it? So I'm going to tell you. That's what I was so, going to ask. You've, you're, you're sitting around a, a table. You've you, got to make a decision. And you're like, you know what? Shit. I'm going to give that gal a piece of my mind. I really want to tell her that she screwed up and, and she needs to hear that from me. So here's what I do then. The ref, the spiritual ref throws in a red flag. Boop. Whistle gets blown. And he goes, you've called a foul. I'm like, yeah, I called a foul. She's a bitch. I called a foul and I need to tell her. Ref goes, no problem. Here's what we're going to do. You have every right to tell her exactly how you feel, but I'm going to insert a timeout. And the timeout exists from now until tomorrow morning. And if yeah. you feel exactly the same upon awakening, go ahead and say that stuff. 999 times out of 1,000, you wake up the next day and you're like, gone. No big deal. That was dumb. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All of those emails that you get, that you fire off in anger. <laughs> Send them the next morning. Yeah. You should see my draft email. It, it is insane that the, the <laughs> anger, and the fire and the venom that is in my draft emails and my wife, my filter is my wife. When I feel like I am totally right and justified, I'm going to blast this person. My wife's like, okay, Let's put in the draft. I'll read it. And I'll, I'll, she has definitely given the green light to some where she's like, no, that person needs to be put in their place. They, they really stepped over the line. But in most cases, 99% of the time is sitting draft. Here's the deal though, dude, what you're saying is all of us feel it. Nobody's exempt here. We're all human. We all get hurt. We all allow yeah. ourselves to get hurt. Let's be clear. We all allow ourselves to get hurt. But what we're making that decision on is somebody that hurt us in the past, a trauma that happened way back then, uh, something that your mom said when you were eight. That, that, that's what is existing in the today, in the present moment, when that person steals that listing from you. You know, I, I wanted to add something. I go, I go a step farther, and I call the agent that won out, and I'll say, hey, man, listen, um, I was competing against you. I just want to congratulate you. It's awesome. This is not a hateful conversation. I actually just want to understand how you got that. How'd you get it? Because I Beautiful. said, I... I I busted my ass for that thing. And I just, I know I did a great job. Clearly you, you got something that I don't, I love to learn from you. And I don't care who it is. First, yeah. first listing or, or 10,000th listing. I, I want to know so I can be better. Yeah. I, I send the same thing to sellers. I go, just so I can learn and grow. Firstly, sure. I wish you the best and you've got a great agent, but could you tell me what I could have done better? Totally. You know, and sometimes totally. they respond, sometimes they don't. Um, one other thing that, um, you know, I just went through, one of the biggest events in my, my career, right? My real estate career. So PLG, the fearless yep. independent, I just aligned. I became a, a, um, a I'm, I'm now Corcoran in LA and I'm an owner. I, I'm, I'm, we merged. So PLG merged with Corcoran. I'm, I, I, I own it. 
I'm a, I have a partner now and uh, I still have full navigation of everything, the culture. But you can imagine, dude, I was wrestling with that decision for sure. a long time. Yeah, I want to dig into that. for just Fear, for ego. Sure. I was uh, like, you know, there was, I had to pride, bust out everything, right? And, and, and Casper, the friendly ghost, had to keep saying to me amongst the Raven squawks, right. will this help your guys? Yep. Will this help them get more business? Is it better for the greater good? Do you like the people you're going to be doing business with? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. They gave me everything I asked for, which is no oversight. They're sure. letting me run everything however I want to run it. And I can look every one of my agents in their eye and say, I believe in this decision because I know it will help you. You still get me and the boutique feel. Sure. We now just went from a pirate ship to a battleship. Dude, that's a great analogy. You know? That's a great analogy. And, and I wrestled. And, I, and there was, there was fear. And I, 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 too, I kind of put my money where my mouth is. I got, like, marriage and children, you only get, like, 60% the way there of being certain. Sure. 70, sure. maybe. And it's the same with this deal. Like, I got kind of, you know, 70% the way there. And the rest is Richard Branson. Screw it. Let's do it. Right. And, and, and I'm happy to say that the people that I'm in business with have met all of my expectations and exceeded them actually, which is that. a sigh of relief because we, you don't know, you sign and it could all change. It didn't, it got freaking better. Wow. So it was one of those. Right. Roll the dice. Snake eyes, please. Snake eyes. <laughs> Snake eyes. So to go, go back for a second. I, uh, how did that whole thing start? Was there a, was there a lacking? Was there a, a need? I mean, I know PLG estates. I mean, for, for those of you that are in real estate and, or know Peter from, from Instagram or his brand, PLG is no small, no small boat, man. No. So I, I was happy, dude. We were approached by everyone and their mother. We were approached by everyone and, and they wanted to assimilate, you know, buy, you know, do all the stuff that I hate. And I was like, no, I'm good. I just, I love doing my thing. You know, I love doing it. I love, I love how I run my company. I love my people. I'll take a bullet for them. You know, I'm not driven by money. Um, so none of it was attractive. And then I got a call from the Corcoran people that said, hey, we want to penetrate the LA market. We love what you do with PLG. We love how you lead PLG. We love the culture of PLG. We want to partner with you and you're in charge. We just want to support what you do and give you more resources, which as an indie owner in a city like LA, resources are something that one needs. And I weighed it. I weighed it up, left and right, up and down, inside and out. And then I knew, I knew that little voice of that guy moving to London, that little voice of that guy buying a sampler, that little voice of that guy buying a house in North Hollywood, that little voice that made me start PLG when I was the number one Keller Williams agent in LA. Oh, I could have had the corner office. I could have had the corner office and just played it easy, but I didn't. I right. start, started my own brokerage. And the same voice said, dude, this is the right move. No, it isn't. They're going to make you corporate. <laughs> la, 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 la. Yeah, and they haven't at all. Yeah. I love that. How do you know? So for, for those, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of people who are in real estate that listen to this. And how do you know 
that it's not just like, so I have a really high need for variety. I, I need to experience new things. I, I, uh, granted I've been with my same broker KW. I've been with them for seven years. However, I always look around and it's not the, it's not the broker that I'm, I'm, I'm needing to shift at this point. It's just the, you know, sort of the clientele, the way I do business, my price point. I told you Baltimore, the price point average is like 250, which is very different right. than LA. How do you know that it's not just the desire to um, experience something new or that you're bored or, you know, being the number one agent at Keller Williams. I mean, I know your stats from back then. I was following you back then. Th that was no joke in LA. Like just for, for those of you listening, just imagine LA is one of the most expensive markets in the world. And Peter is the number one agent. Now, granted, Keller Williams at that point wasn't the juggernaut, which I don't even know right. if it is anymore, but it wasn't, the, it wasn't what it is today, but it still was a, a, a serious powerhouse and contender to the big brokerages. And you were the number one guy. Why the hell would you go, I think it's time to start my own brokerage. Let's roll. Let's do this. Let's make it harder. Let's make it more challenging. Let's bring a lot more pressure, a lot more stress, a lot more pain, a lot more fear, a lot more anxiety. You know, like, why the hell would you do that? You know, I do, I do accredit this to, to Napoleon Hill because I remember before I took my real estate test, um, I wrote down my goals like he suggests in the book. And the goal was uh, at five years, I would start my own brokerage and the brokerage would have its own creative flair. This is before I even got my license. So at five years, I was five years at Keller Williams. And I, I got to be honest, dude, I, I, I never got, got hung up on stats. And I went to the award ceremony thinking I was maybe going to get, you know, maybe the number one guy in my local office. When they said, and the number one agent for Los Angeles is Peter Lorimer. I was like, me? are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> I had no idea. My broker hadn't told me. I had no idea and they put the thing around my neck and I almost felt like shit because I knew I was starting my own company like a yeah. couple of months later. But I did it because that 11 year old boy said in my head, Casper the Friendly Ghost said, if you don't start your own brokerage now, you'll always wonder what it would have been like to do it. Sure. So I started it. Sure. And I, and I love it. And I found my place in real estate, right? I've sold plenty and my wife, sells plenty and I still sell some, but my wife has taken over my own personal book of business or at least our book of business. I am a builder and I don't mean in the sense of real estate. Right. I like to, when I was in the Jeez. music business, I like to build, build bands, build songs. I like to be behind the glass, pulling the levers. You know, I don't need the glory. I, my glory is seeing other people succeed. And that's what really gets me off. I don't, particularly like being in the spotlight, but I love watching my people shine. And that to me is a gift. And now I've got the ability to do it in spades. Love it. Which I, I know I can look any, and this is not me trying to sales pitch because I no, can't no. do that shit. I, don't, you know, I can look any agent in the eye, probably in the United States, but certainly in LA. And I could sit down with them and I can improve their business. Because I'm in the trenches. Yeah. I'm not in an ivory tower. I'm in the trenches. And, uh, and that, to me, I feel blessed, dude. I just feel I'm lucky. I keep stumbling into great careers, you know? No, it's fantastic. That's the authenticity. That's the true alignment that I was talking about. That's where 
like I'm in that space too, where can I sell real estate at a very high level? Yes. Can I go on listing appointments and win nine out of 10? Yes. Is that where I'm best suited to match my life at home and my work life and my personal and my fitness and all everything, right? And the answer is, I don't think so anymore. I think that as I've stepped into coaching over the last five years and mentorship and leadership, I like that. I feel you on that. I want to, I want to take other people's businesses and help them rise. That makes me feel really good. Not collecting the next check from the next settlement. I don't feel like I'm actually making a difference in the world. And I know there's plenty of people that don't, that, that think that the settlement is the difference. And I get that. And I completely understand it. But for me, for you, it, it just wasn't. And that, and, and for anybody listening, I reached out to Peter because I saw the news on Instagram and I thought, you know what? I want to talk to him about how he made this decision and I want the world to hear it. That's why I, that's why we're having this conversation right now, because I think it's really important to understand the logic and emotion behind a, a major thing. It wasn't like you had some off brand. The, the name of the brokerage was your name. <laughs> so to make that move, I am clear and confident that you did that for the gain of other people. Right. And to be clear, I was in profit. I'm a profitable company. PLG sure. was profitable. I could have stayed doing the same thing for the next 20 years. But what is life if we don't reach? Sure. Right? Maybe I'm going to reach for a rock and my fingers are going to slip and I might fall but I will always reach because yeah. mediocrity for me, staying, playing in the middle is just something I can't do. I will hit a wall at a thousand miles an hour with failure. I don't ever want to play it safe. And, and this was something that isn't just me. There's approximately 200 agents, staff, you know, lots of families are at stake here. So I weighed this and I weighed it in Am I being selfish by not take, grasping this opportunity? And the answer was yes. The answer would have been, it would have been an ego move, keeping my name on the door. Sure. Whereas I really don't give a fuck about my name on the door. I give a fuck about my people and their yeah. people. And I want to give them all love and, and everything I can, even if it ends up being something that ultimate, could ultimately hurt me. I'm willing to take that risk because it is, the right path and uh, uh, the right thing to do. I, wa I want to give you this one last phrase of mine that I live by. The road narrows. What does that mean, Pete? The road narrows when you keep, and I'm not perfect, I'm not a saint here, but when one keeps making decisions based upon faith and the greater good, the road shrinks because the right thing is always the right thing. And once you adhere to the right thing, you're out of options. So always take in the right move. And if you're not sure what the right move is, pass it through the filter of fear and ego. Listen to Casper, the friendly ghost. Acknowledge that the ravens are talking shit in your ear. And then the power of the pause. The pause is spiritual timeout. Let's deal with this in the morning. The pause. Clarity will come. I'm no genius here. I'm just a, you know, a guy, a hardworking guy, but, and I use these safety mechanisms because I too have self-doubt. I have fear. 
I have low self-esteem. I have X that we all have. I just don't let the bullies win. And I'll always reach. I don't, I don't even know if I can go on after that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, man. You know, when I reached out to you, I, I, I wanted to congratulate you and, and just say, hey. And then, I th- and then my wife was like, why, why isn't he on mental purpose? And I said, well, I'm going to ask. I did not. You're a deep dude. I didn't think we were going to get this deep, man. I really, I just, this is so awesome. Like, I really, 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 for myself and the audience, thank you for the level of depth and advice and, and leadership and clarity and authenticity that you have shown today. It is just, it's just brilliant. Well, back at you. I mean, what you're doing for the community with now two podcasts, you know, you're spreading that love with without expecting well dude so we're, we're all in the same family here i i appreciate you which Thank is why you. when you texted me you said we should do another podcast i'm like boom let's do it straight away because I, I think what you contribute to the world with the podcasts is invaluable shit god oh, that means a lot man thank you so much that really means a lot i i found my i found my path i found my tracks so this is uh man i'm, I'm literally gonna go back tonight a couple of my buddies are here. We're going to listen to the raw audio. We're going to pull all the cool stuff out. And this is, this is a, this is a real, this is a real good one. A real good one. So my pleasure, dude. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for being here. It's been awesome. And I look forward to seeing you in LA and well, by the time yeah. this airs, it won't be a couple of weeks, but I look forward to seeing you in LA in a couple of weeks. And, um, and just seeing what's possible, man. That's, that's the best part. Like you and I have a very clear alignment and mindset. It's just seeing what's possible is fantastic. Yeah. You, you know, what's possible. Anything, anything. See this tattoo right here. See what that says. What does it say? Limitless possibilities. Limitless. Possibilities. Oh, I love that. Amazing. My dad Amazing. used to tell me that all and the time. You're, you, you're a, you're a god, dude. I appreciate you for, you for having me, for taking the time and having me. My pleasure, brother. We're going to do this again, but thank you for your time today and all the, all the advice, man. Wish you the best, brother. Yeah, you too. Thanks again. Thanks, man. Thanks again for listening to the Men on Purpose podcast, where our mission is to educate, elevate, and activate every man to truly live their best, most fulfilling life possible. To find out more about the podcast, our guests, or becoming a man on purpose, visit menonpurposepodcast.com and choose your most purposeful path forward.